Consumers blamed for the impending recession. Let's have a look. Hello everyone, Florian Heiser here again and welcome to another episode of Heiser Says. Still working through my morning coffee and I thought we would have a look at this article from news.com.au by Stephen Leitz. It's an analysis blaming consumers and spending essentially for the slowdown of the economy. We're dragging it down. I thought this would be a good start before we look at the retail figures which were released today, which are not very encouraging, which I don't think would surprise anyone who's been following this channel for some time. So consumers and businesses are on strike and that's dragging down the economy. Now, it's an interesting thing. We're in a world where, you know, you've got our glorious leaders, like the Reserve Bank, our political class, who try and nudge us, and manipulate us to spend, to perhaps act against our own self-interest for the greater good of the economy, to go into more debt. Oh, tell us it's all going good, property will go up, spend, spend, spend. But we're living in a different world. We're living in a world where we have access to more information than ever before. And more people are thinking, you know, they're red-pilling themselves on the news about the economy. They're finding other sources of information and they're challenging what they're being presented. So maybe, just maybe, the old tricks are not working anymore. I know I have made that, you know, we've curtailed our spending. How many of you have? Let me know in the comments, guys. Do you think that the old strategies for trying to manipulate the economy is one of the, part of the reason why monetary policy has a limit is because we now have more access to information? Perhaps. So the private sector is on strike. Are you on strike? Let me know. Households are not spending and businesses are not investing. It is a it's a secondary boycott where the Australian economy is being hamstrung by a protest about wages, job security, and anything else in between. Well, let's just have a look. Let's look at the RBA's previous success with wage forecast, guys. Look at 2011, 2012, 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17. If you were, an, were anticipating wage growth and increased consumer spending resulting from that, and you were invested, say, in 2012, how would you feel about now? In your investing or taking that risk in your business. I would have absolutely no confidence in any of the information that we're getting about the economy. Guys, if we look look as well, look at consumer sentiment. It's not doing very well. Below 100 is bad, essentially. We've lost confidence. Bloody ingrates, various uh, mandarins within the walls of treasury and reserve, the Reserve Bank are probably muttering Really? Their frustration is almost palpable, but I just demonstrated the complete incompetence of the Reserve Bank in making predictions about wage growth. And Treasury seems to think we're all dumb plebs that can't even handle $10,000 cash. So, yes. Australian businesses and homeowners have just had their borrowing costs slashed with three interest rate cuts. See, that's the thing. That is, well, I think that's resulting in this. That's resulting in consumer sentiment. People are getting scared. They're getting scared and they're worrying. Worrying about this. Taxpayers, almost 9 million of them, had 25 billion shoved back at them through refunds, according to Treasurer Josh Frydenberg, 
while jobs are still being created at a high healthy clip, growing at 2%, almost double the rate of most developed economies. Well, we just had a $19,000, no, sorry, 19,000 job losses recently, didn't we? It's funny, that's not mentioned. That's seen a 7% drop in taxes paid over the quarter, almost entirely due to the low and middle income tax offset, while interest payments have fallen by 2.5%. Yes, but there's one thing you've got to remember. A lot of people are in arrears. It's growing, particularly in WA. It may not be a significant amount, but the delta change has increased significantly. So if you're seeing stuff like this in the news, or maybe you're seeing stuff like this on YouTube, you're thinking, well, no, I'm not going to waste money on that crap. I'm going to hold off. I'll pay ahead of my mortgage. You know, this, I know a lot of people in the channel don't even have mortgages anymore. They've cleared them off. Other people are paying ahead. Some people are stashing it all in food, bullets, and gold. Maybe I've been playing a little bit too much Far Cry 5. <laughs> so, coupled with reasonably solid income growth. What? Okay, sure. As measured by the national account's average cost per employee, not the wage price index. Mm-hmm. It's delivered a healthy 2.5% lift in household disposal income. I would say most of that wage growth, as we've seen, has come from the public sector, not the real economy. And where did it go, the ultimate insult? It was basically lent to the um, scandal-prone banks, deposited at an almost zero interest rate, and sold back to borrowers at a still healthy margin. Put another way, savings grew by $6 billion, roughly around the value of the tax cut, announced in the May budget. Well, this is the problem. This is why you don't do, you, there needs to be a little bit more strategic planning in the economy. Putting all your hopes on just a housing bubble keeping us going. Putting everything, everything into the mining sector is not a smart way to go, guys, <laughs> because people have woken up to it. You know, they, they, they're red-pilling themselves. They're not falling for it anymore. So savings up and spending is down. Those bemoaning a lack of personomy out in the mortgage belt would no doubt be chuffed by the resulting surge in household savings. Not so Treasury and the RBA. Domestic demand accounts for more than 60% of the economy. If households and the private sector are on strike, the economy is in no position to cross the picket line. Well, we're heading for recession. We're heading for a recession. I did a video yesterday 80% of people, or 80% of the economy is essentially already in recession. If you're in construction, let's just have a look here. I will bring up the building approvals. You can see how they have they've gone down. Yesterday, I, I was going through the insolvency notices and I recognized names of architectural practices, big firms with you know, offices in three cities that have gone into liquidation as of yesterday. So, guys, the construction sector is feeling it. It is feeling it. Uh, well, that's probably the one, that cl well, the closest sector that I'm related to. I mean, I'm an architect, so that's why I may focus on it more than others. But there's also a lot of tradies and other people in the game watching my content. So because of the sharp increase in the savings rate, none of the aggregated tax savings showed up in new consumer spending, Jim Stanford, director of the Australian Institute Centre for Future Work, said. The propensity of Australians to consume from their pre-tax income actually declined in the quarter. In other words, the effect of the tax cut had zero measurable impact on aggregate consumer spending. Treasurer Drosh Frydenberg is putting a more positive spin on it, arguing as long as the money is out there, 
That's what matters. Not really, mate. That's why QE may not work. It's the first people to spend it that get the advantage of it. The and usually that's the institutions in that case. The government's goal has always been to put, the to put more money in the pockets of Australian people, and it is their choice as to whether they spend it or save it, he said. Yeah, I agree with that. I prefer, um, I am adamant for tax cuts. Any money we can keep out of the inefficient government's hands, the better. Wage growth, not tax cuts. Others are not so sure. The makeup of Australian GDP growth is concerning. AMP chief economist Shane Oliver said, private spending, i.e. consumer spending, dwelling investment and business investment is falling and acting as a drag on the economy. Private demand growth fell for the second consecutive quarter and is now stumbling along at its weakest pace since the GFC, a phrase that is a disturbing coda to many key data points in the economy at the moment. Consumer spending is likely to remain constrained while wage growth is soft at just over 2%. Household debt is high and the unemployment rate is trending higher, Dr. Oliver said. Yes, but you've got to also remember most of that wage growth hasn't been in the private sector. I haven't programmed that chart in, but I'll bring it in. A, I'll get it. No, I haven't brought it in. I'll bring it in later. But most of the wage growth has been in the public sector. The RBI rate cuts will help consumer spending at the margin and higher income prices are also positive for the wealth effect, but stronger wages growth will be more desirable. The Center for Futures work, Jim Stanford, agrees. Tax cuts have an insignificant effect on disposable incomes compared to the benefit of restoring normal wage growth, Dr. Stanford said. In just one year, a restoration of normal wage growth could boost incomes by $12 billion, three times the value of tax cuts. Compounded over just three years, normal wage increases would lift incomes by a cumulative total of $75 billion and consumer spending by $50 billion. But see, this is the thing. There's all this talk. There's all this talk in all of these articles and in the media and everything. Wage growth, wage growth, wage growth. Okay, you've got wage growth happening right now in the public sector. Okay? Here in Queensland, all the civil servants were given free money. I had to go renew my license and it cost me more because the bloody state government upped the fees. I'd rather they reduce the cost in that than give out money to people for no reason. What we need to see is innovative ideas reducing the burdens on business because businesses are where wage growth comes. If you're doing well, if you've got work coming in, if your people are working hard, you give them higher wages. And I'm speaking from personal experience here as a small business owner. We would pay our team more than we were legally required because a few reasons. One, we wanted to keep them happy. Two, because we liked them and we wanted to reward them for their hard work. You know, three, we wanted to keep them. Those were the reasons. Okay, guys, in a normal world, small business, you actually have personal relationships with your employees and your employers. You know, kind of a bit of give and take. We're not talking in corporate, super big, um, you know, like grilled world. We're talking small business world. It's a little different. You have to understand every bit of that wage growth. That's money that you can't put off your mortgage as a small business owner. So it's a different world. What incentives are there for businesses to drive up wages when unemployment, you know, it's not doing too well. There's a lot of people looking for work. I, I'm an adamant fan of the Roy Morgan approach to measuring unemployment, not ABS. What incentives are there? What, le what red tape is there? Why don't they get rid of payroll tax? There's, a, there's a one limiting companies. 
It's only at the upper end, but still, it's, it's a joke of attacks. So here we go, the fear factor. But it's a chicken and egg argument to a degree. Getting wages growth back near average requires the unemployment rate to fall back down to 4.5% or below according to the RBA. Cutting borrowing costs hasn't work, ne worked, neither has the RBA's promise to keep interest rate at historic lows, nor imploring businesses to, ad businesses to advance of this extraordinary moment in history. Borrowing costs at 5,000 year lows, 5,000 year lows. You're borrowing a, a, a fiat currency that can be devalued in an instant. You can't compare it to currency from 5,000 years ago. This is ludicrous. Why would you even write that? It shows a complete lack of understanding. You know, if you if you borrowed, say if I borrowed a ton, you know, 100 kilos of silver 5,000 years ago, and then all the new coins were, were uh, devalued, my original coins would have more silver. Funny that. Why are households and businesses not listening? In short, it's a lack of confidence in the future. Yes, well, it took you a long time to get to that, didn't it? The fear of blowing up perfectly good money at the bank or under the mattress. Well, I'd say the cash ban as well. Bailing legislation too. It is clear that any boost to disposable income in the quarter from the rebates and lower mortgage payments was saved, effectively paying down debt faster, if done so in an offset account rather than spent. RBC strategist Robert Thompson noted, there could also be an elementary element of precautionary saving against a softening labor market outlook, and hence we're not yet convinced on the RBA federal government's narrative that balance sheet repair will ultimately feed through to higher consumption. While household consumption edged up just 0.1%, that was entirely due to paying for life's essentials. Food up, rent and dwelling up, health up, education up, all accounted for greater spending. Discretionary or the fun bit of spending fell by 0.3%. At a moment of economic weakness, when both businesses and consumer attitudes are shifting negative, there is enormous risk that pessimistic expectations can become self-fulfilling, Dr. Stanford said. If consumers and businesses respond to uncertainty by reducing their own expenditures and socking away money for fear of a downturn, they can hasten the arrival of a downturn that they fear. Dr. Stanford argues the federal government rather perversely has actually encouraged this counterproductive reaction with both the size of its tax cut and its design. By arranging the tax reduction in the form of one-time end-of-year offset, the government's actually encouraged consumers to set it aside. Yes, well, see, that he's got a point there that they should have just brought forward their tax cuts. They should have just brought forward their tax cuts. That's simple. There is no sign at all of an acceleration of spending after the federal election, nor after the tax cuts were passed and the offset began to be paid out. In that context, a one-time package of tax offsets is truly a needle in a haystack. Strengthening wages to underpin a genuine and sustainable increase in consumer spending requires urgent measures to address the wages crisis, not token tax cuts. Is it even within the realm of the government? We're not, you know, we're not in a command economy where they can pull a, well, I bet you they wish they were, where they could pull a lever and oh, every worker in the factory gets a pay rise. Oh, wait a minute, a big portion of the people are. It's called the public sector. So delicated balance. Looking into the enthralls of third quarter GDP data is ominous. According to AMP's Shane Oliver, with consumer spending still struggling to lift noticeably, falling residential construction, moderate business investment growth, the private sector of the economy will likely remain weak, Dr. Oliver noted. The soft global environment may also infiltrate further into Australia's external sectors, 
RBA interest rate cuts will provide some assistance to consumers, but stronger wages growth will be a better boost to consumer demand. There seems to be no mention, no mention at all in this piece about any alternative approaches. Let's look at implementing a special economic region. Let's look at reducing the burden on businesses. Let's look at making it easier for people to hire and fire. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but as someone who's gone through the process of hiring people, it is a pain to get rid of them when they're terrible. It really is. And I know people say, oh, but you can have a trial period. Technically, you can't. You need to have two separate contracts. So it is not very easy. And what does that call, what does that encourage people to do? Resist hiring, to overwork their existing staff, or to outsource overseas. The economy is delicately balanced. On one side, there's government spending and the exporters pushing things up. On the other side of the fulcrum, the dead weight of domestic demand is driving things down. Short-term business investment plans have been dialed down. Residential construction is still falling and consumer confidence frail. The gentle turning point the RBA wistfully talks about either seems far off or in the wrong direction. Then again, the Australian economy could be moving towards a dead end with little room to maneuver. The federal government is committed to returning the budget to surplus, a task made more difficult by a slowing economy and falling tax take. So a spending splurge is unlikely. The RBA have yet to gain any traction. Maybe a couple more may do the trick. I doubt it. But until households and businesses end their spending spike, the Australian economy is not going anywhere fast. I mean, there's a whole lot of issues here, guys. There's the push for more government spending, but then you've got the broken window fallacy. You've also got the risk of essentially doing the same thing we've done in the past, just building more roads, repaving roads, you know, pork barreling. You've got the call for more, you know, cuts from the RBA, but that will just harm consumer confidence and it won't instill any, it won't encourage any spending. Not at this level, it's so low. I'm, I'm really happy they didn't cut RBA rates just uh, yesterday. I was worried. I mean, it would have been great if they did because it makes great video content. People love hearing about it. But it's, it would be terrible for the economy because we would be heading for QE a lot faster. So guys, thank you for watching. Let me know what you think. I'll do another video looking at the retail trade data that's come out. It's not encouraging. And uh, please like, share, and subscribe to the channel. If you want to support us, make more videos, we have a Patreon where you can make a small monthly donation. It all goes into helping us improve making the videos and buying new equipment. We have a Amazon and eBay affiliate link where we receive a commission every time you make a purchase. doesn't cost you a cent. Do your part for the economy. Buy stuff. That's what they'd want you to say. Finally, we also have merch from Heiser Says where we actually, at the moment, we're making it ourselves or Rachel's making it here. Pocket squares when you go to functions. Take care, guys. Have a great day, and I will see you all later. Bye for now.